to you live from Columbia, Missouri. This is the Hot Corner with your hosts, Patrick Harrion, Michael Imami, and Logan Franz. One hour of nonstop sports starts right now. And now we're going to dive into our final division in our wraparound league. And it's an endless, probably the most heated one here. The National League Central. Oh, you know Me it, being a Cubs fan and Michael being a Cardinals fan. Let's go. Logan doesn't really care one way or the other because he's a Mariners fan now. Don't forget about that. But I would like to say the National League Central is the one of the most contested divisions. Yeah, I mean, in the I completely agree. I also think that it's probably going to be the division with the weakest records in all of baseball because, as you had pointed out, I think they are going to beat up on each other. But... Most poignantly, I think, or I just think the the with the central being the way that it is, with the additions coming in and and the players that have been now brought into it, it is going to be hyper competitive, and it's going to be incredibly fun to watch these teams go at it with each other. I have heard people say that the two wild card teams are going to come out of the central, just I because it's going to be don't know that everyone's going to be so close with the win totals. That right. That's what they can see. I Personally, I see one team coming out of here in the wild Me card. Too, yeah. And the other coming from the East. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see the other team coming out of the East because I think we cannot not look at the East right now because I think that that's another division that's going to be tight, although I think the East is going to have overall better records than the Central will. But in my opinion, I think when it comes to the teams in the Central, I mean, you have to look at the talent that's in it. I certainly think that, as you pointed out, I tried to argue that the AL West was the best division in baseball. Let us not forget. And looking, and yeah, I will call myself out on it because I agree. I think I was wrong at that point because, you know, taking another look at the Central Division, I was like, look at the talent that's in it. I do think they are the strongest division in all of baseball right now. And I think it's fair to say that they are going to be the most competitive and most fun to watch. I want to go back to what you said about having one wild card come out of the NL Central because obviously we have the Phillies in the East, which are more competitive now with the addition of Bryce Harper, but I could foresee a scenario in which the Brewers, Cubs, and Cardinals all make the playoffs. It doesn't seem completely out of reach to me. Well, it's not out of reach, but after seeing, it's either the Phillies or the Braves. One of those teams is making a wild card out of the East. One of them's going to win the division there. I don't know. We were talking last week about how tight that division is. Do you think it could end up being so tight in a case where one of those teams just misses out in the wild card because the win totals are so low? There is a potential for that to happen. I could see it happen. But my opinion is, is that one of these teams is coming from the Central and the East because of that. They're going to they're be so close, so equal with the win totals that both the, top, the leader of the East and the leader of the Central is only going to win a division with 90 games. Yeah, I think that it's not necessarily fair to say that. I think we can, we can definitely, I, as I said, when it comes to the Central, I definitely see the, the win total being so small that I think that we're only going to get necessarily one team out of the division and I think or out of the out of the division in the wild card so or or we could get no teams um you know but the thing is is as you said Patrick they are going to beat up on each other a lot and I think that plays into a factor because when you look at these bitter bitter rivalries between these guys one thing that I always notice is is how tough they play each other they're like a bunch of they're you know they're like bulldogs you know they, they go at each other so it, you know it's kind of funny because with the Reds and the Brewers and the Cardinals, you know, those are three teams for me, and, and the Cubs, obviously, and the Pirates. Those are teams for me that, that really are going to be, it's going to be a dogfight. And I think that you have to take that into account when you're talking about who's going to win this division, who's going to get in the wild card. You do have to take that into account. And I think you're going to see a lot of these teams, like you said, they're all, they all fight each other. And there's, there really isn't that team anymore like the Cincinnati Reds were last year. Right. Where you would win 10 games from them. Right, right. I don't see that happening either. And SB Nation has the Cubs winning the division, obviously. That's just their opinion. But they have the Cubs winning um, at most 88 wins, and they're winning the division, um, as they put it. So that, to me, the division winner not getting 90 wins, to me, is a bit surprising. But at the same time, it's like I can definitely see that happening. It doesn't surprise me that much because, again, all these teams have improved. Except maybe the Pirates. They're kind of just there. They're in right. last place. But all these teams have improved. The Reds, they monster trade they had with the Dodgers landed them. Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Alex Wood. They've right. all gotten better. 
the Cardinals. They got Paul Goldschmidt, and they signed Andrew Miller. Yeah. Two big additions that will help their hitting and help their bullpen. Yeah, and then also I don't think we can we can forget the 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 uh, Brewers as well, adding uh, Ben Gamble, Yasmani Grandal, Corey Spangenberg. So, but they did they did lose Gio Gonzalez and Wade Miley and Jonathan Scope. But I think what it, what's important with the Brewers is they're going to be the team that I can see winning this division, not the Cubs. And this does not come into my bias here because I I, I do I'm a Cardinal fan, so I don't like the Cubs, but and I don't like the Brewers either. But as the, you know, looking at the Brewers to me, they just seem to be the stronger team. And I think when you have Chicago, you got you did lose um, Daniel Murphy which was a big bat in your lineup. You did get uh, Brad, Brock, Daniel Descalzo, and Kendall Graveman. But the thing is, is you, you did lose, at the same time, you lost Tommy LaStella, you lost Jesse Chavez, Justin Wilson. So I think the Brewers are going to make more with what they have in that case of it than you guys, because I think you guys lost more than you added, and I think you guys are going to get worse than last year. I don't see you guys doing poorly this year, but I don't see you guys doing exceptionally well either. I mean, yeah, we did lose some players here. We Estella was a good off the bench pinch hitter. You lost Jesse Chavez, who was the best pitch, the best relief pitcher the Cubs had. Right. But they still have Wilson Contreras, a healthy Chris Bryant, and what I've seen so far in spring training, a healthy Yu Darvish. Things that were not happening last season. So I do. And you got to remember, if you're not taking apart saying that the Cubs will nowhere near as good, I don't have them even winning the division. I haven't making the wild card. Yeah, I mean. I don't think that's, you know, unfair to say. I mean, I, again, I don't like the Cubs, but I'm not going to not acknowledge that they're a decent team. And I think they can make a run out of this with what they have. I mean, it's not, it's not too far from what I can see, but at the same time, you guys are not the powerhouse team you were in 2016. You're not the team you were in 2017. And I, I definitely think that you, you need to kind of look at that and you have to kind of be like, okay, well you know what, we're a wild card team. We can make things interesting, we can make things fun, but we're not great. I want to just take time to say this. With all the injuries the Cubs had last year, they still won 95 games. They still won 95 games. So I see a possibility that they can win the, win the division. Now I, don't, now, I personally have them going to the wild card, but you just can't say that you're not, they're not going to be as good if they were able to win games without you, Darvish, Brandon Morrow, Chris Bryant being out for very long periods of time last season and still win 95 games. Again, still, you're not the same team, even though well, you no have, one is the same team. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, you had players. I mean, the thing is, is you still have players, but it's just it's not the same format. It's not the same lineup. It's not the same way that they're going to be going about it. And the thing is, is, as I said, you guys lost people. And so you lost people to other to other teams, some of which have left. And, and the thing is, is you have to kind of look at that and say, okay, this is not an injury thing where we just kind of have a guy out, you know, temporarily or had the guy for part of the season. You guys are not going to have them at all. So there is no chance that you're going to have. I mean, you can get guys from your farm system that can come out like you did in 2016 and make up for it. But I would be more. I would rely more on the teams that have that that got the new additions in free agency that are the strongest. And I think you guys, in terms of that, are pretty weak. I mean, yeah, the Cubs had, a, in my opinion, one of the, a terrible offseason where they didn't just go out and get anyone, which kind of kind of got me a little irritated. But they still, like I'm, I'm going to keep saying, they still have the young quarter they've had the last few years. Baez was an MVP candidate last year. Rizzo is still hitting consistency. Chris Bryant's going to be healthy. Wilson Contreras. They still have that core lineup, and they still have Kyle Hendricks, who had an off year last year. John Lester, who's still been pitching pretty good the last few years, even though he's getting up there in age. And you, Darvish, is going to hopefully be healthy. Okay. I can see this team being competitive still. I still, they're still, like I said, they won't win 95 games. They'll win 88 to 90, somewhere in that range. Okay, so do you think the Reds with Yasiel Puig, Sonny Gray, Tanner Work, Matt Kemp, and Derek Dietrich can, you know, give you a run for your money here because they also have a very good staff. They made some good key additions this year. I would be looking at, I mean, the thing is, I think the, the other thing was, is you guys kind of beat up on some teams last year that were kind of down in a sense. And, and I think the Reds getting those key players in their starting rotation and getting those decent bats are going to prove to be tough for you guys. I can see it. The Reds, the Reds are that team that I feel if they were to get hot and they start putting a string of wins, 
they can play spoiler to every team in this division, other than the Pirates. Every, right. Four teams in this division have a shot. Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, and the Reds. It feels weird saying the Reds for the first time in seven years, but still. <laughs> yeah, every tell me team about in it. here has a shot. And this isn't, it's going to come down to the last two weeks of the season, unless one guy just decides to, one team just runs away with it, which I don't see happening. Yeah. And I, again, and I'm going to say this again, I'm not biased, but look at the Cardinals, dude. Look at the Cardinals. I really, I mean, I cannot go and have this conversation without saying that because you have the addition of Andrew Miller and you have the addition of Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt. You've essentially filled the void here that they were missing last year. They had Ozuna. They needed somebody with a big bat. I think they should go after Keuchel. But my my point is, is that, you know, with Hicks and that bullpen, and, and now you've added Andrew Miller, the, the team, in my opinion, that has the strongest bullpen, no question, I think we're going to see some big bats. I think the bats are going to be crazy. We're going to have a lot of sluggers in this division. We're going to have a lot of fun guys. But I think the team with the strongest bullpen is going to win this division, in my opinion. So the Brewers? So probably the Brewers, but I can also see the Cardinals winning it because the thing is, imagine, and, and of course we have to go out and get a, a few guys, but with Andrew Miller and Hicks, and then we have Reyes in our rotation now with our starting rotation, so you have to kind of look at that and be like, hey, you know, we, we kind of are ga- gaining momentum again. We're kind of we're becoming strong again. We had a decent offseason this year. We've outpaced you in the offseason so far. And, and the thing is, is... With the guys that we've added, I'm feeling pretty confident, Patrick. I really am. I can see why. And, yeah, I've worried about the Cardinals, too, because your team just doesn't die, and you guys don't know what a rebuild is. And it's kind of annoying. Yeah, obviously, because we're so good, right? I just want to say one thing. No one in this room doesn't believe you. We all think that the Cardinals have a chance, at the very least. And, obviously, the addition of Paul Goldschmidt was one of the biggest of the offseason. But when you say, I'm not biased... The more times you say it, the more times I start to think maybe he's biased. <laughs> I think maybe does, you should. Just, I had to get my like, point across with putting that, with disclosing my my ability to. Yeah, be but able if you disclose say, it right, you don't have to say hey, I'm not biased. You know what? I'm not going to. Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, statistically speaking, the Cardinals are a very strong team. SB yes. Nation has them at number two, right behind the Cubs here. So and I can see that. I just, I don't think you can just look at us. Excuse me. The Cardinals in point blank just say, "Hey, you know what? They're the Cardinals, and I hate them, so they're bad." Okay, I, never uh, I'm, na- I'm not going to look at. Okay, and, I, and I, I'm not talking about you. That's what and it I'm sounds not like you're say, saying. Okay, no, I'm comparing that with my point of view, where I'm just saying, "Hey, you know, look at the Cardinals. Me, they're good." Okay, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when we look at the numbers here and we look at the additions, I'm saying we have outpaced the Cubs, and you agree with that. We've outpaced you, or we've outraced you. In, in, in a matter of looking at the offseason additions and the acquisitions that we've gotten, we have had a better offseason than you had. And I think that's going to play into a factor when it comes into um, the NL Central this year. And none of us are saying that. I just feel like it's a peculiar strategy to point out that you're not biased and then say things that may be construed as bias. Maybe all of the talk about me and the Redskins has gotten oh me boy. to believe that. <laughs> hey, I have to bring it up again. Because the thing is, is you guys always look at me whenever I bring up the Redskins or the Redskins are in a conversation. That just, I, I have to disclose that now because I have to just say point blank, okay, I'm not biased to get that point across. Well, I so. do want to say about the Cardinals, and in my, in my book, in my predictions I have, like I said, I, tried, I consider myself a smart fan. I'm not one of those guys back in Chicago that's like, the Cubs are going to win the division with 105 games. Anyone who thinks it's not going to happen, they're wrong. No, I've never once said that. Right. But I see you guys at 85 wins. Yeah, I, re- I mean, I respect But I see that. you guys missing the playoffs. I don't know if I respect that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, you know, I, dude, you, the Cubs, okay, the Cubs are a strong team, and I think we are stronger than you are. This year, and I think it's important. To, excuse me, the Cardinals are stronger than you are this year. It's a little bit of bias. So I think, <laughs> well, note. yeah, I, I have to, I have to show that I'm not biased. <laughs> but I, yeah, when it comes to this, I, I just, I feel like you kind of have to look at that and be like, okay, so the Cardinals are a team that could win 88 games, 90 games, and and I think that, you know, with the acquisitions that we got, I mean, adding Goldschmidt. I mean, that could be, I could see Goldschmidt being terrible this year and that being a problem, but I can also see that becoming awesome. And there's more of a chance that he's awesome than he's bad. So 
again, look at that, take that into account, and look at Andrew Miller, look at Hicks, you know, coming into his own, becoming stronger. Potentially he's got a year under his belt. He's getting better. He's going to have a better time. He's going to do better with his location. Look at Reyes. So, you know what? I'm saying we have an opportunity. I, I want to say do one thing big. about Andrew Miller. He struggled a bit last year. His ERA was 4.38. That's not good even in the American League. Exactly. And so and that's I wanna, where... And I think he's, he's fallen off since the, the 2016 World Series. He hasn't been the why, same. Which is why we were able to get him for a decent... It's, know, it's I mean, kind of a gamble for you guys. It honestly. is. Andrew Miller is a great time. pitcher, but it's, it's, it's kind of a gamble giving him bringing him out here when he's kind of old. He's like 35, around that He's age. a lefty, and he provides a different spice to this rotation, in my opinion. I think he's going to provide a different a different effect to it. And I think it's going to be fun, and I think it's going to be interesting to see him in the NL where he's got – I think he's going to – the change of scenery is going to be a benefit for him here because I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching him be a, a setup guy. It'll be in fun my to opinion. watch. So my we're, we're going to go around the table here, and I want to do something different here. We're going to have in, – in the order – Top three in the division. I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a, a kind of win total here. This is me our last part of this segment before we head off to break, and I'm gonna here's here's my three: Brewers in first with 90 games, Cubs in second, 88, Cardinals in third with 85. And I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you. Um, I think the Brewers, no question about it, are gonna win the division. I think the Cardinals are going to be in second place. I think we're going to win around. Brewers, of course, are going to be like 90-91. I think the Cardinals are going to have around 88-89. And then I think the, um, well, hey, don't look at me like that. Uh, you know what? And the Reds Wait, yeah, well, third place. Yeah, Reds are third place. With their 82 the Cubs wins. are in fourth. Dude, I, honestly, honestly. Their bullpen is not they, good enough. Well, the bats are. I'm just saying. I don't. I, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't have win totals, but I think I'm going to have to agree with Patrick here. I'm going Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals, top three. All right, you heard us. I don't see you guys in second place. <laughs> I really do. I just don't see you guys in second place. I don't. I don't get it. Arguing with the Cardinals fan is like arguing with the Yankees fan. If you bring up any kind of mention of the Cubs winning the World Series 2016, they respond with, "Talk to me when you have 11 rings." Yeah, we and have I 11. You have three. So talk there to it me is. about that. Talk to me when you have 11 rings. The yeah. Michael's not biased. It didn't take us 108 years to. Do I will end it with this: Cubs have won more recent. Have been more that relevant recently. That means nothing. That means nothing. We're gonna head off to break. Stay tuned. When we come back, we're talking about the Alliance of American Football. You're listening to Hot Corner. Every Saturday, Cut the Nets will be live from noon to 1 on KCOU 88.1 FM. Auto Quarters a possibility. Jabari Parker's even a possibility. Oh, you don't want Jabari Parker. Tune in to KCOU Sports Saturday to listen to David Kuntz, Zach Berman, and Chuck Ryan talk sports. Fun fact of the day, number two. Robert Kraft actually owns like 99% of the city of Foxborough. Catch Cut the Nets on KCOU 88.1 FM. Do people care about Evan? I mean, why would the Magic want Evan Turner? Young people from all walks of life have volunteered to take part in a frightening experiment. They are allowing their brains to be altered. Altered to induce paranoia, heart malfunction, memory loss, even early senility. Unfortunately, this is not an experiment. It's what slowly happens to you when you keep smoking pot. No one has to alter your brain. You've already volunteered to do it to yourself. A delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Harbin. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me on our new show, Breakfast of Champions. Here on KCOU Sports, KCOU 88.1 FM. And welcome back to the Hot Corner. We're shifting gears here and heading to the Alliance of American Football. And... What is it? I think it's week week five. I like it. I'm having fun with this thing. It's been a lot of fun. I feel like we've kind of found an identity, and I feel like it's going to be a lot of defensive heavy football if we haven't figured that out already. But it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. It's a nice change of pace from the NFL, and it's just something fun to hold us over until the draft. It's fun, it's, it's fun to watch on Saturdays until baseball season starts in my world. I'll spend Saturday watching the 
Alliance. I'll spend Sundays sometimes too. And it's just something fun to watch. You get to see these players with their second chances. You get to hear their stories. You get to see them going out there again, playing the games they love. And I think that's just the best part of it. Yeah, a lot of guys that are getting a second chance at the NFL, guys that never had a chance to begin with, are shining out. And I think that's really awesome to see. And it's just been overall a fun league in the past five weeks. And TNT just reached an agreement with the AF. They're going to broadcast two more games than they were supposed to, which I think is showing that this league is becoming a success. It's definitely becoming a success. And we don't know if it's going to last for three years, five years, or even just one year. But I think after this year, it'd be, they'd be remiss to just shut it down. It's, it seems like it's been a huge success. I haven't seen the ratings since week one. But if they're reaching more TV agreements and they're getting investors, it seems like it's been a huge success. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I think I would, I'm think i not naive enough to think that the AAF is only going to be around for one year. I think they're going to give this a run. I think the ratings are decent, and I think people are liking it, and I think it's actually good football because they do have, like, players that have spent NFL I mean they had something like a couple hundred coaches and players combination that have uh, spent time in the NFL so this is some high quality football not as high quality as the NFL is of course but I mean I'm seeing some pretty interesting games here and I think it's kind of fun to watch to be honest with you I think people like it we've seen I know you said something last week about parody and I want to take the moment to call you out on it because you're wrong. Yeah, that's fine. I'll have a moment to call you out <laughs> you are in wrong. just a minute. But uh, no, I'm wrong. I'm waiting for it. I know it's going to happen. I was wrong. I mentioned a lot about parity last week. We had two winless teams and two undefeated teams, and I felt like there was kind of an imbalance in power. And then the Express come in and win, and the Legends come in and win. Both winless teams get their first win, and then the Iron lost to the um, San Antonio Commanders. So it feels like we are getting a bit more parity in the league. It just took a bit longer than expected. And now that that's there, I feel like this league is going, now that we can see it's actually competitive, I think it's going to be fun. And you've seen Atlanta came out, got a win last week, which last week was fun, man. all of us. Last week was fun. You even got to watch oh the Stallions in the snow. Yeah. And what's, more, what's better than snow football? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, so we're going to go into this week's games, and we're going to do our usual predictions like we've done the past four weeks. We're going to start off with the first game, Orlando at Birmingham. And I think this is going to be potentially the game of the week. Potentially the game of the week. Definitely the game of the week. Potentially the game of the year. I'm going to agree with that, Logan. I'm going to agree. You have the 3-1 and iron defense-heavy team. Had six goal line stands last week against the Commanders. Their offense has fallen off a little bit. I, early in the season, called Luis Perez the best quarterback in the AAF. I'm going to have to backtrack on that. He's not played very well the past couple weeks. He's not reading the defense well. His receivers are dropping passes. Trent Richardson's averaging 2.3 yards per carry. So the Iron have some concerns. The Apollos, on the other hand, I don't know if they have... They definitely have a weakness, but I can't see what it is. I think they need to, this, this game will show how good Orlando is against a good defense. And I see the Iron's defense... They like to call it the Iron Curtain. I like that name. I'm going to start calling it that. But the Iron Curtain is one of those defenses that they're atop everything in this in this league. They're, are, they are feared across every other team that they come across. They play. And I think Orlando's going to have a bit of a challenge here with their, their fast-moving offense against a competent defense. Yeah, the Iron kind of reminds me of the Bears in the NFL. They have a strong defense and kind of, of do. average offense. And I feel like... Michael's a little salty. I feel like it. I feel like it's going to kind of. We're going to see what the consequences of that are as the season moves forward. We kind of saw it against San Antonio. Your strong defense can only take you so far if your offense isn't picking up the load. And I feel like we're going to see how that works out for Birmingham later in the season if they can't get this offense clicking. I agree. I mean, I think a, a strong defense, you know, and you have to have a good, a decent offense at least to to kind of cope with that. But my point is, is yeah, as you said, you know. The Iron need that. They need they need some offensive production in addition with that. And I think that's very, very important, especially with any team in the NFL. I think that's very, very important. That's why the Redskins had problems because they didn't have an Every offense time. without a quarterback. So, yes, but I think a decent defense can make up for it like, in we, some ways. We talked about this with the Super Bowl, with the whole NFL playoff talk in our, in our early episodes of the show. 
Defense will only take you so far. Uh, yeah, I kind of. And you still I, need a competent, de- yeah. competent offense. Yeah, I mean, you can't just have a bad offense. But I think a defense will have a better shot at keeping you in a game than having a bad defense. You I need mean, to have it balanced. Yeah, again, we yeah. saw that with Birmingham against San Antonio. Their offense wasn't the best that it could have been, and it ultimately ended up making them struggle. Right. I mean, I think, you know, again, you know, you need to have at least a competent offense. And I think in a lot of ways that, you know, that makes up for the, the struggle. But so that's that's where my, you know, argument lies there. I definitely think that they need to pick it up a little bit in that case. But, you know, good defense helps out a lot more. This is going to be no team yet has had a viable answer for Steve Spurrier's coaching. And I think if the Iron can find that on Love defense, I think they have a chance. Steve Spurrier is the best coach in the AAF, hands down. Coach. And I think <sighs> every if, time, every time, if they can find a answer for what he's been doing on offense with the Apollos, I think the Iron have a chance in this game. I think the Iron have a very good chance to win this game. That's why I predict them winning it. I predict an upset. That's interesting. Anyways, we're gonna go around the table and do predictions. We're gonna start oh, with Patrick. I don't know if I agree with that. Iron wins. Score prediction, you know how bad mine are. Uh, let's see. It's going to be low scoring, and since 11 has been a reoccurring number, I'm going to pick 11. It's going to be 11 to 8 or an iron. Okay, I don't know if I can give you a score prediction, <laughs> but I can tell you that I think Orlando's going to win. Um, I do cannot disagree more, dude. I cannot disagree more. Come on. Orlando is winning this game. Fun fact that I didn't realize until we started recording, I didn't write down scores for this week, so they're coming right off yeah. of where I'm coming. They're coming right off the top of my head. I am going 14-11, Orlando. Wow. I'm outnumbered here. I just Atlanta, Arizona right now? I think it's going to be very close. I just don't see a scenario in which Birmingham gets it done. I just think the offense of the Apollos is, is stronger. I don't know. I think that defense... It's going to give Orlando a run for its money. Orlando's defense is strong, too. And you Not can't as just... strong as the Iron Curtain. Yeah, but the offense makes up for it. Well, I guess we'll have to see tomorrow, that is. We will. We're going to go out to the night game. Stallions at Fleet. A little rivalry in the studio here between Michael and I. Yeah. Michael being the true fan that he is of Stallions, which he is not. Did beat Arizona, though. Yeah, you were, you were, you were attempting to leave. Well... I'm going to have to switch my fan base one because my Orlando's team is not good. Well, I, hey, look, I, you know what? Honestly, when it comes to that, you know, Orlando, I've every, I had every reason to pick Orlando as my team. But you you know did, what? but I Logan and I are both lifetime but fans I didn't. of our teams. But I didn't. There's, loyal, there's so a lot going on in this game. Most notably, the Fleet have averaged 26 points per game in their last three games, which I didn't do the math on that, but that's a lot. I don't know if it's the most in the AF because, like I said, I didn't do the math on it, but it's that's a lot for an AF team to have twenty average twenty six points in their last three games. Yeah, but I mean the fleet. The fleet have a quarterback problem now. Philip Nelson is hurt, and now they have Alex Rawson, who I really don't know much about. He played average, I like to say, in the when he was playing last week. Yeah, and the express average. defense isn't bad, but he also didn't score that many points. He didn't get the team in scoring position a lot, which is going to be an issue. If Philip Nelson comes back, I don't know if we've gotten word on whether or not he is yet, and I feel like there's a possibility that he could. I think the Fleet have a good chance of winning this game. Also, for the Fleet, Bishop Sankey has been activated, with which Jaquan Gardner's been playing well anyways, and Bishop Sankey, I have an expectation, will be decent in this league. So I expect Jaquan Gardner and Bishop Sankey to kind of carry the load for this team, and Alex Ross will just kind of pick up what's left. Yeah, I... I have the fleet winning this game, and I know the Stallions are a good team. They, they're not, their record doesn't show it. Of course you have the fleet winning. But they played great in the snow last week. They only lost by, I think, less than a touchdown. Yeah, I don't know. I've kind of mellowed on the Stallions over the past couple weeks just because the defense that they've played well against twice was the Hot Shots, and the Hot Shots defense we've seen give up some bigger numbers in comparison to anyone else. So... I want to see them against a good defense, and the fleet will definitely test them there, but I'm not as convinced on the Stallions as a lot of other people are. I think it'll, they'll give the fleet a run for their money. Now, being the fleet fan that I am, I have the fleet winning. Score prediction, I was so terribly wrong last week with the fleet score that I am not going to disclose a score. So I'm just going to say they're going to win. They can win by as many points as they want. I 
don't want to predict it because I'm going to get flamed by Logan when we head over to Memphis, which is the next game. So, Michael, you're next. Okay, I don't have a score prediction for you either because I'm apparently bad at those things, although I did get the <laughs> losing score right at one. I got half of it right, 50%. I predicted, I think, 20, what was it, 23, the final score was like what, like 23-17. I got the lo- losing score right. Yeah, you got half of it. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, but with this, I'm not going to do that. I do have the fleet winning because I'm fair. Um, but at the same time, I think this, uh, the Stallions can give them a run for their money. Um, but as I said, you know what? I got, I got the fleet winning. Realistic. I want to address what you said by the means of fair. Are yes. you are you calling me out over here? I am calling you out because you just you point blank had the fleet winning the second. I, I had to backpedal on. I was like, okay. I had to, you have to I look at this. I would have had the fleet winning. You have anyways. to look at this. Okay. You taking shots on my stallions now? Here, just um, don't even try to tell them you're. You taking your shots team. on my stallions now? I want to switch teams to Orlando. I'm going to say. Hey man, I'm loyal man. I'm going oh, to I'm say. with it. Twenty six eighteen. San Diego takes the win. Thank okay, you. that's too big. Now you're outnumbered. That's too big. <laughs> we're going to start big. Sunday's game with the two teams that were the strangest last week. Memphis and Atlanta both picking up their first wins. It, it was just, it was strange, It was friend. weird. It was weird. It was destiny. It, 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 didn't, it, it didn't feel right. It was destiny. I Let me know. tell you, Zach Mettenberger has, and this might sound like a hot take, but Zach Mettenberger has for during the past week and a half has been playing like the best quarterback in the AAF right now. He has been playing good. I'll give him that. He's been playing very well. So so well in fact that P, um a- AAF PFF, which is very hard to say, <laughs> at PFF AAF on Twitter, PFF underscore AAF. If you want to give them a follow, they have a lot of good um good stats there. A great place to get numbers on the AAF at least rankings and stuff by their metrics. They have him ranked as the second best quarterback in the AAF by their metric. He's been playing very well, and I think you can't overlook that. He's definitely played a lot better than Christian Hackenberg, and I think it's going to be that new quarterback versus the new quarterback in Aaron Murray that's going to be the deciding factor in this game. It's definitely going to be a quarterback potential shootout, in my opinion. Both guys have been playing great. Aaron Murray played really well last week in Atlanta's first win. That's why I think this game is going to be kind of hard to predict who's going to win. They're both kind of even. Yeah, I don't think... I think Atlanta still has inherent problems with Aaron Murray. I think their surrounding talent just isn't as good. And I think with Zach Mettenberger opening up the passing game, that gives more of a chance for Zach Stacy to shine out for the Express. Although I'll tell you what I'm happy about. With last week in mind, Logan, no team has ever... Or excuse me, every team has won at least one game. And that is something we should celebrate. No imperfect season. Yeah, we saw with every team, I believe, with their first win, they poured the Gatorade on their coaches. They should every win. I think that would be <laughs> awesome. I think it was just a fun thing to witness, though, waiting four weeks for the Express and the Legends. It was a long time coming in to see both coaches get just doused in Gatorade. No, I, I would have liked nice. to have uh, Memphis wait a little more than that. Uh, yeah, you definitely would have, but you were wrong, and I'm gonna you're gonna have to own that one. Let us not forget my score prediction of twenty four to three. Yes. Let it let it ring out in infamy. You were close on one score. The final score of that game was twenty six to twenty three. That was close. Also, a uh, side note, Austin McGinnis, the new kicker that was signed by the Express last week, he balled out. Bears. To say the least. The Bears. Yeah, every every game every game when there's a, a kicker who makes a good field goal, I always Make a nod at like, hey, hey, Nagy, you should go look at that guy. Yeah, and I think that <laughs> yeah. points to a bigger point. There was an agreement reached this week with the AAF where players who are under contract with the NFL can go down to the AAF and it'll be kind of a minor league for them. I want to know if it's going to work the other way around where players in the AAF can come back up to the NFL if they're not already currently signed. I feel like that should be, that should be allowed because then it will really prove the second chance of the second chance philosophy of this league. These players who were cut or didn't play regularly had their chance to show player, other teams that they can't play, and they could, they should be able to move up. Yeah, every player is signed to a three-year contract, so I wonder how that's going to work when the NFL wants some players, whether it be next year or this com- or the year pre- the year following. Yeah, I can definitely see that being a good a good way of doing it because I think the NFL at the same time. I mean, there are teams that need kickers in the NFL, and I think that with the guys and obviously receivers and running backs too. But with guys like that. I'm like, the Bears, they need a kicker. And, you know, that that could be the solution to the problem right there. Anyway, uh, score predictions score for predictions? this game. Around the horn. Atlanta beats 
Memphis. Aaron Murray has a great game. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, if you want me to throw a couple numbers out there that sound nice, because um, I really have no, there's no way I can back this up. I just know that somehow, some way, Atlanta's going to pull this off. I think Atlanta's going to win 23 to 19. I think that Atlanta has issues, and Memphis's defense is going to be able to stop Aaron Murray, and Zach Bentenberger is going to take hold of this offense and propel them to a win. I'm going to say 23-12, to 12, Memphis. And now we're going to go to our final game, the Sunday night game between the San Antonio Commanders and the Arizona Hotshots. And I think that's why I said possibly the first game that we talked about would become the game of the week. This game is going to be very good. I don't know about that, if I'm being honest. I think this game might not be as good. I see... I see San Antonio as a much better team than Arizona, personally, and their records don't show that, but I think Arizona's fallen off over the past couple weeks. They started out 2-0, and then have lost two straight. San Antonio turned it on in weeks two, weeks two and three. They had very high-scoring affairs despite losing both of those. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they can do because Arizona's defense has not been very good this season, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what San Antonio can, can do with that. I, I see it as Arizona's trying to find... That, that that rhythm that they had earlier, that drive. And I think that's what's going to make this game good. Both teams are struggling. It's going to be whoever wins this game is going to go on a bit of a run, in my opinion. I don't know. I just see, if you're asking me personally, I see a blowout from San Antonio. I think Arizona needs to find a rhythm, and if they can, then I'll have to backtrack on this next week. But I think this team is going through some struggles, and it's going to take quite a bit to fix that, personally. The Arizona... Hot shots. Is that, I mean, because honestly, I think San Antonio is going to win. So I'm just going to say that. I don't have a score for you. All right. I'm going to say my prediction for this game. Arizona wins. Sounds pretty logical. Yeah. I'm not going to predict a score because I already predicted a blowout. And if I predict a score, it's just going to go all wrong. But I'm predicting San Antonio beats Arizona in a blowout. All right, you heard us all here, our experts in the studio. We're going to head off to break. When we come back, we're going to give our little bit of a, our views on the NFL offseason. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Hot Corner. The 2018 NFL Draft is now officially open. Tune into Undrafted for the best sports talk of the week. Catch Parker Reed. I'm an above-average Packers fan. The Bills are a very bad team. They are utter trash and turner klingenmeyer definitely draft stuck up i'm going with coffee tables but that bears defense thursday mornings at 8 a.m only on kcou 88.1 fm this message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel freaky right Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Looking for a fun night out in Columbia? Check out a concert at Cafe Berlin. Looking for that great brunch after a fun night? Cafe Berlin has you covered for that, too. Check out their stacked concert schedule and brunch menu at CafeBerlinComo.com. Or check them out at 220 North 10th Street. Also, follow them on Twitter and Facebook at Cafe Berlin and on Instagram at Cafe Berlin Como. And welcome back to the Hot Corner. We're going to talk about the NFL offseason. And there has been a lot of moves. If you were up last night, you heard the false rumors that Antonio Brown was trading to Buffalo. Yeah, and I think that was very shocking for all of us. I don't think it was anyone expected that to happen. And then we hear this morning, Adam Schefter, really early this morning, says that those reports are fake. And it was never a thing that was going to happen. And we're back to the three main contenders being the Raiders, the Redskins, and the Titans. Yes. And on, on Instagram, with the announcement that ESPN had about the trade, you saw Antonio Brown himself say fake news, which I thought was interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah, and at first we thought this was just, oh, Antonio Brown is mad that he got traded, but it turned out to be true, and now we're we're starting to see what exactly is going to happen. They said there would be an announcement by today, and we haven't heard anything yet while we've been in the studio. I've been tracking it just to make sure, but we haven't heard anything since we've gotten in here. Now, the, the big news, other than the, the Antonio Brown incident with the whole fake news thing, was to talk about Case Keenum being traded. And I I don't know. I kind of I don't know how to really feel about this trade. It kind of just doesn't. Uh, mm, uh, Case Keenum, I would not consider a great quarterback. I would consider him below average, honestly. If I'm going to be honest with you, um, I mean, Washington got him for cheap. And I think the thing that's important to note is that Denver was looking to get rid of him anyway. Um, you know, Washington is definitely up there. Uh, I don't know if they're the top quarterback needy team. You could argue that, but I mean, they certainly were in dire need of somebody that could, you know, at least take the reins and, and lead a team. So I think Case Keenum, in my opinion, is a little bit above average. I think he's kind of a worse version of Kirk Cousins, if, if you want to call it that. I think he's better than Colt McCoy. Oh, um, I'm still going crazy over that 2017 season he had where he threw 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Obviously, if you're Washington, you know that you're going to be relying on the rushing attack next year. So you just need somebody to fill the void. And I think Keenum does play that role. And also, fans of Trevor Lawrence, if you're looking to tank and, and go after Trevor Lawrence, this is a good option for that. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. What? I'm confused. Case... Case Keenum's not above average. I'll start. I'll start right there. I didn't say he was above average. You, you said you think he's an above average quarterback. No, I mean, yeah, I mean above average. I think he's okay. I'll take that back. I think he's average. You I also think said you think he's a worse version of Kirk Cousins. Yes. Those two play the game nowhere similar to each other. Just nowhere similar to each other at all. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree. I mean, I think the thing is, is that when you look at Kirk Cousins, it's the, it's the same thing. It's a, Kirk Cousins could play. I mean, he had a decent he had a decent tenure in Washington. Still couldn't win the big games, but he had a decent tenure. And I think Keenum, in a way, and you can't look at style of play. You have to look at how they're going to carry the team. And I think Keenum's going to carry it differently. But when we talk about comparing the two quarterbacks together, and when you look at Kirk and you look at Case, I think Case Keenum, in terms of leading the team, is going to be a little bit worse than Kirk Cousins was. But I think, in a way... He's going to be better than Colt McCoy. I think this offense is going to go through a style change because I think with Kirk Cousins, it was a lot of deep deep looks, deep balls. I don't think you're going to get that with Case Keenum. Also, I'm not sure if I'm sold Case Keenum is going to be the starter in Washington next year. Yeah, they, it could be uh, Rosen. It could be Rosen. They could still trade for him. It could also They could draft Daniel Jones. They could draft Drew Locke if he's still there at 15. There's quite a few options, and I feel like the price that they gave up, Denver's retaining some of his salary. They gave up a sixth and a seventh, and I believe got a seventh back. That's not a lot. I, I think it was a good. If you're looking at it in terms of, like, what they got for him, it was, or what Washington did, it was a good trade if you're looking at it that way. Now, it was. I agree with Logan. Case Keenum is not a good quarterback. No, I don't, think he, I don't think he's and, good. I think he's okay, and I think he's he can fill the void. And I'm, um, I'm going to address the whole Kyler Murray trading thing going on with Cardinals. If they were to do that, that would be a very dumb move. I don't like it. I don't I don't see why you would potentially trade a quarterback who's had one year under his belt by just saying, oh, he sucks now, so I'm going to go trade him now, and I'm going to go draft a guy who didn't really pref- – I, I don't see him as elite as everyone else he said. Uh, everyone else says. Yeah, this is one of the rumors that we've talked about multiple times outside of the studio – and I've said multiple times every time it's been brought up, Josh Rosen would be the best quarterback in this draft. I feel like he was he looked the best coming out of college, and you can't take one NFL season where he had bad coaching and bad surrounding talent and just cast him aside. You have to give him a chance. We saw that with Trubisky under Fox and had no receivers to throw to. We saw that with Goff under Jeff Fisher who, when he had no receivers to throw to. These quarterbacks are going to struggle when you throw them to the Wolves in bad situations. You need to give them a chance to thrive before you just cast them aside and go on to the next one. Because if you keep doing that and keep trying to find a quarterback that can make something out of nothing, you'll be looking for a very long time. Yeah, they didn't call him Chosen Rosen out of UCLA for nothing. I mean, there's a reason behind, you know, the the, the hype. 
And I think that Rosen definitely would fit Washington well, to be honest with you. I think if Arizona's, you know, they decided it's like, hey, let's just trade him to Washington. And we we're like, okay, yeah, great. I think he's better than Case Keenum. I would rather have Rosen than Keenum. I'm well, just that's thrilled. That's like no comparison. I'm just thrilled. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm just thrilled that we have at least a quarterback, a body in there at least, somebody that can fill the empty void. And if we want to go ahead and draft somebody or we want to still go after Rosen, fine. But another thing that's important to note is that we don't spend very we don't spend our money very well. So you have to look at cap, you have to look at free agency, you have to look at a lot of those things. And if Washington can get can get it right and they can spend less and get more out of that less, which is gonna be tough to do, they can be successful. But they have to rely on the guys they have right now, and that's Geis, Peterson, and Thompson in that backfield. That's the thing. I don't know what you guys are going to be doing at wide receiver next year. That's why I'm thinking we go after Antonio Brown. Yeah, and you guys are definitely in the running for it. Also, there are a lot of good wide receivers in this draft in DK Metcalf, who might be gone there by 15 anyways, and A.J. Brown, also out of Ole Miss. I feel like you guys can hit on one of those guys as well. Yeah, no question our receiving core needs to get better. I think Redskins' receiving core needs to get better. You look at Paul Richardson. I mean, the the guys that they have— are either, you know, that they struggle or they're hurt. And I think there needs to be a change. And, and I said dock the entire receiving core, meaning that they need to get rid of a lot of guys. I, I, I like Trey Quinn. I think he's great. He's shown great potential. I think we should keep him. But, you know, there are, there are guys in there, Maurice Harris, that I think would fit better with other teams and other teams' scheme. And I think the Redskins, they're going to need these big star receivers to compensate with a quarterback for a quarterback that's, you know, going to need a lot of help, you know, whoever it may be. But also in NFL news this week, we had franchise tags. The deadline passed this earlier this week. And just a list of the players that were franchise tagged, we had Grady Jarrett of the Atlanta Falcons, D. Ford of the Kansas City Chiefs, who they're currently fielding trade offers for, Demarcus Lawrence the, the, of the Dallas Cowboys, excuse me, Robbie Gold of the San Francisco 49ers, Frank Clark of the Seattle Seahawks, and Jadavian Clowney. Of the Houston Texans, that one came as a little bit of a shocker. No one really expected that one coming. I think the no tags are a bit more shocking here. Most notably, Landon Collins of the New York Giants, Trey Flowers of the New England Patriots, and C.J. Mosley of the Baltimore Ravens. The one I want to talk about is Landon Collins because we see the Giants as as a team kind of coming through a rebuild here, and you'd think a 25-year-old safety that's played very well over the past few years would be a good piece for them to have. And then Dave Gettleman says that they don't think he's worth the price of the franchise tag. You see, the Giants are one of those organizations that are kind of just incompetent. They still believe that Eli Manning is a good quarterback, which is just bad. That's not true at all. <laughs> and they're, they just keep digging themselves a hole. And they just if they're getting rid of guys who are good, they're going to be digging all the way to, all the way to nowhere. I don't think it's fair to say Eli Manning is bad. If I had a well, choice, uh, well, of course. I mean, your choice of in the, in, the, in the look of the Redskins is you really don't have anyone else. Well, yeah. I, uh, okay, come on. But my point is, is that when am I wrong? Well, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame organizations for being stupid. If you want to get rid of Collins, by all means, do it. I mean, now we have a but shot. That's to a get dumb him. move. Yeah, it's a dumb move. <laughs> that's a Obviously, dumb move. Obviously, yes. I think the you Giants don't should, get rid of a yes. player who's good no, for no I apparent just, reason. Okay, no. I just said I don't think it's fair to call Eli Manning bad. I didn't say getting rid of Collins is smart. Look at Those are two different things. I think it's very fair to call Eli Manning bad. He's not bad. Look he's been the one. Okay, no, 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 no. You're not doing this. You're not making a case for Eli Manning. He's been the one holding the team back for the past three years. You're not making a case holding for him. the team back. He's been the one holding the team back. They have so many weapons on offense. Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, now even Saquon Barkley. Eli Manning is the one okay. holding. The, no, he's not. He's, not. Okay. he's, he's okay. Okay. had the surrounding talent to play well. Okay. Eli Manning is the one holding the Giants back, here and he has for the past three years. And tell me that he is below. Okay. Yes, I will he's say very it. you have average. every right to think. Certainty that he's you, below average. you have every right to think what you think. I don't. I think he's at least okay. I'll keep saying it. I, I'll tell, tell you who year. a bad quarterback is. I'll tell you who a bad quarterback is. Are you going to? I'm not going to right now, but I will no, tell I guess, you I guess who Eli a bad Manning's quarterback bad. Okay. is at one point. If you're not going to tell us who a bad quarterback is, then I'll tell you who a bad quarterback is, and his Eli name Manning. is Eli Manning. Okay, he's not bad. He's okay. He had a good, I, He's had a good career, but he's not good anymore. Okay. He's holding the team back. No. 
Okay, he's yes. not bad. He's okay. All but, right? Okay, he's if, average. If it's if not Eli he's Manning, average. If not Eli Manning, why is the team five and why was the team five and eleven this year? Why is the team bad? They were hurt. The defense. Troy Aikman said the defense was not playing up to par. They said they were playing lazy in a game. I mean, the thing is, is there were other factors. It's not just a quarterback, obviously, and I get that. That's why I'm not point blank saying, well, he won two Super Bowls. That's why I'm not saying that. I think the way that he plays, I think he's at least he's he's average, dude. He's not bad. Okay, here's my point before you interrupt me again. Okay, Collins. Yes, I would keep Collins over I would keep Collins over Eli Manning. I'm not going to say that that's that's not stupid they're releasing him. By all means, I'm happy that the Giants are stupid because the Redskins are in the same division and have a shot to go after a guy that I think would do a lot. So, I'm happy that they are stupid because with the Giants' front office, it also makes us look better because we can go after somebody like that and fill the void for our stupid decision. Well, I mean, they had a, a reason to it, but they did release DJ Swearinger. So that could that could make things better for us. I think still Eli Manning is the one holding that team back. And you in see a that, lot of ways, yes, but you I don't see think he's that bad. The surrounding talent in the offense, he's been a very bad quarterback the past couple of years. Regardless, I think Landon Collins, if anywhere, lands in Kansas City. His former D.C. Steve Spagnuolo is there, and I think he can use him effectively, and I think that'll be a great landing spot for him. All right. With that, we're right off the break. Stay tuned. It's time for our signature segment, The Final Word. You're listening to Hot Corner. Don't change that dial. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire, and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it. Drowned it again and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Well, you know you make me want to hear that that's our time for the final word that's our sign i like it <laughs> that is our sign as all i'm gonna go first and this story i'm about to say just makes me love minor league baseball even more because minor league baseball is just like the wild west they can do whatever they want down there and no one's gonna care no one even says anything you you hear some weird promos that happen illinois back home in king county they had political corruption night which sums up illinois politics Altogether. So, I'm going to start. Florida's home to some of the weirdest headlines. Like, we've all seen those Florida man stories where that literally makes zero sense sometimes. Like, Florida man runs in a gator in his toilet. Like, I, some things you find in Florida, like, you don't even consider Florida the South because it's just so weird. Florida's a weird state. That's all I'm going to say. Florida, Florida is, is the one South. of the strangest the states out there. And according to CBS Sports on July 26, that this year, the Miami Marlins AA affiliate, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, are having a promotional night called Florida Man Night, where there will be an attempt to break a weird Florida law every inning. Now, some examples of these dumb laws are not being allowed to sing in a swimsuit, men are not allowed to wear strapless gowns in public, and my personal favorite is if an elephant is tied to a parking meter, you have to pay for the space as if it, was a, as if it were a vehicle. That has to be one of the strangest promo nights I've ever heard. Yeah, I have a question about that last law. Is that one of the ones they're trying to break? Like, are they going to go out, find an elephant, tie it to a parking <laughs> meter, and then go ahead and not pay the, um, not pay, like, the government for the parking meter? I'd hope they would. Just, where, just, just because. Where are they going to find an elephant, Patrick? <laughs> Africa. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think there are just elephants roaming around Florida it would, on a regular it would, basis. Would it surprise you if there are elephants in Florida? <laughs> I mean, I've been to Florida. It doesn't seem like a great place for elephants. Yeah, yeah, I've been to I Florida have to too. Agree. I I've have been to agree. Fo- I've been to Florida too. But about the, what about the weird stuff that goes on there? Hey, uh, it definitely wouldn't shock me. But. <laughs> An elephant? Oh my God, that's just. But my goodness. If nothing else, it's a unique idea, and I love it. Although announcing wow. you're committing crimes is quite the power move. I mean. There are so many weird laws in the U.S. that I feel like they can't just enforce all of them. I know there's a law somewhere that it's illegal to ride a merry-go-round on Sundays. Um, <laughs> there's a law somewhere where it's illegal to spit on sidewalks. There's so many 
there's it's a law where there's illegal to lay down on a public sidewalk. There's so many weird laws that I doubt law enforcement is going to go and arrest everyone in the stadium. Yeah. I have to, I have to I know. that. Is it the hot corners road tripping down there? So. Hey. Yeah, I'll be fun. We'll, Mark we'll, that calendar, July 26th, Florida Man Night. We'll <laughs> do a show live from the Jacksonville Jumbo Strip <laughs> game. Michael, who's your hero of the week? Okay, um, this is going to sound a little crazy. I'm just going to go ahead and praise this guy from Buffalo, Vic Carucci. I think that's how you say his name. He's a Bills NFL writer. Um, don't, I'm not, I don't really know who he is, but he's um, he's, he's and, and, and a praise to all the, the sports journalists out there who did not buy into the fact that everybody was saying, hey, the Bills have landed Antonio Brown. Carucci was skeptical and said the Bills have inquired about him, uh, but no deal is imminent, and he t- said it was unlikely. So he was skeptical about it, and guess what? He was right. Don't buy into all the hearsay. Make sure you stay true to, to the real facts, and, and he certainly did, and he got it right. Because that thing was fake news. It was yeah, fake news. I hear it a good journalism, and I said Adam Schefter was on it first, but, I mean, he's a local Buffalo writer, and yep. must have been where he got the information from. Anyways, as you all know, I like to send you out with a nice feel-good story, send you into the weekend feeling happy. And this one is about a man, and his name is Dave App. He's the athletic trainer at Dover High School. Yes, Dover, Delaware. And... He has a love for sports. He wanted to be a professional athlete, and that never really panned out for him. So he decided to use his love of athlete, his love of sports, to help high school athletes. And he was the athletic trainer under Steve Spurrier in Columbia, South Carolina, at the University of South Carolina as a grad student. And just the nice little story about him. He said, we did have a girl a few years who t- few years ago who tore ACL during a soccer game, and she took our sports medicine class the next year. And Lauren, in the name of a teacher who teaches a sports medicine class, has the kids write a paper about if they ever experienced a sports in- injury, what did it feel like, and stuff like that. The girl wrote about her ACL injury, and in it she wrote that trainer Dave came out and told me that I probably tore my ACL, but I knew that I'd be okay because App was, taking, was there to take care of me. And she actually ended up thanking me at senior night as part of her speech, which meant a lot. And also... If you're an athlete anywhere, March is National Athletic Training Month, so be sure to thank your athletic trainers, whether you had one in the past or do have one, because they deserve to be thanked, they're doing great work, and I think the story about Dave Epp deserved to be shared. It sure does. He's an athletic trainer who just loves his job. He gets gratification out of seeing players come back from injury, and I think that's that's really special. And with that, that is the unfortunate end of our episode today. I'm Patrick Carrion. You can follow me on Twitter at Patrick Carrion. He's Michael Omami and Logan Franz. You can follow them at Imami Michael and the Logan Franz. And don't forget to follow our main Twitter account at Hot Corner Sports. And check us out at Anchor as well as Stitcher and Google Podcasts and so on and any other kind of podcast services as well. Except for, all, for Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're still working we're on still working that one. They're being a little still complicated. Still working. Have a nice end to the, a nice start to your Friday as the end of ours. And enjoy your weekend and try to enjoy this nice warm weather that is going to hit us all. Quote unquote warm weather. This has been the Hot Corner. We will see you next week. Same place, same time. Da, da, da.